Welcome to I Guess We're Grownups Now, episode 28. I'm Brooke Shelley, and uh, Carrie will be joining us in a little bit to talk about holidays. Uh, quick note, we had a little bit of technical difficulty near the end of the podcast, so the sound quality is odd, um, but thanks for sticking around. Also, apologies for the long wait for this episode. We discussed this a bit in the beginning of the show, so I hope that... Uh, listen and I hope that this helps with your upcoming holidays. Hi and welcome to I guess we're grown-ups now. Brooke, we're back. Hey, we're back. (laughs) Oh my gosh. It's It's amazing. I I thought we were I thought we had stopped existing. Yeah, me too. As I'm sure our listenership did too. Hopefully some of you still have Forget. us subscribed to in your podcast app. So you're actually seeing this update. Exactly. But we Surprise! are, we're trying to do something more regular and we're also mm-hmm. trying to be a little bit more careful with our time and your time. So uh, <laughs> the new goal here yes. is to have, you know, around 30 minutes of podcast um, still around the same topics of adulthood and being a grown up that we did before. But um, part of the reason we took a pause is just because editing takes a while and life takes a while, and we've both had a pretty wild set of lives <laughs> in between. Yep. <laughs> I, had a, I had a broken bone. I got a new job. Oh, my gosh. You've had a bunch of, like, I just, family stuff and all sorts of things. And exactly. It's just... Uh, yep. Wait, did you also have a broken bone in between? No, I don't think I did this time. <laughs> okay, yeah. I mean, we're just... I think it's funny that I have to think about that, though. We're active people. And by being active people, that means that we we break ourselves sometimes. Um, We do. And we're both healed and healthy and happy. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway. Employed. um, Employed. Gamefully employed. Uh, I'm just booking a trip to Japan where I'll probably record Mm -hmm. an episode. So that'll be cool. Um, That is cool. Yeah. It's pretty exciting. But... um, yeah, it, what we wanted to break into this episode, because uh, it's right around the corner, is is the topic of the holidays, which is something that, um, well, we've been through a few of them, whether you're in yep. Canada or America or wherever else, there's a whole slew of fall holidays, and uh, we're about to hit the big one for North America, which is um, at least for, like, white Christian culture is um, Christmas, <laughs> so... But also, oh, I'm disappointed. I thought you were going to say solstice. Oh, I mean, you know, I love a good Yule, but uh, I think <laughs> most people are, are buying stuff at Walgreens for Christmas. Uh, Hanukkah, I think, is over now, but um, was just recently as who. So. High holidays time these days. And regardless of which one you celebrate or which one you're forced to go to celebrate with your family um, or wherever you do celebrate. Um, yeah, we just kind of wanted to talk about like what holidays are like as an adult, at least in our experience, and maybe some tips on how to um, mitigate holiday displeasure, (laughs) especially in light of the American election um, that just went on uh, about a month ago. Um, Yeah. So I'll I'll kick us off. But like for me, growing up in Texas, like the, the high holy days were um, Easter, Thanksgiving, and Christmas. And I have a birthday that falls right around um, 
Thanksgiving, yeah. American Thanksgiving, uh-huh. which means that so many of my birthdays, I had pumpkin pie and uh, <laughs> they were vaguely, uh, you know, brown, orange and yellow, the lovely fall Thanksgiving colors. Yeah. As an adult, um, I've I've struggled a lot with with what family means for me because I mostly have chosen family at this point. And uh, because of that, something like Thanksgiving just doesn't make a lot of sense anymore. Um, I don't like the origins of the holiday. I think it's a pretty racist mm-hmm. holiday. Mm-hmm. And so this year, what I did was um, took friend of the podcast, Susie, with me to get uh, just a, a real wonderful, craptastic, like, Thanksgiving dinner at a dive bar. Nice. <laughs> they actually had turkey and gravy and uh, cranberry sauce and... Um, and we had some wine and we watched a bad movie. And then a few days later, we celebrated my birthday at a Russian bar and had horseradish vodka and a bunch of, uh, I'll say caviar, but please note that like, it's very inexpensive caviar. <laughs> it was really good. Um, and yeah, and that was how we celebrated. And I don't, um, f- for myself and a few friends of mine who don't have family, the, the fear of going home, quote unquote, to your folks house or to grandma's house or whatever and and having to talk about like you know their white supremacy um <laughs> with them it wasn't a thing and and it's it's a weird feeling because uh other than the feeling of like oh no am i alone do i have no family which is something that i i grapple with like um i had a really yeah. good one i had a really good thanksgiving so that's awesome yeah that's- how about you uh, so Canadian Thanksgiving is in October. Yeah. And so that was pre-election. Mm-hmm. So, but I do remember, so my family, which is my sister, her husband, kids, and my parents, and then me and my husband and our kids, um, we usually get together for, yeah, the big ones, um, Easter, Thanksgiving, Christmas, and, uh, and so we were at our place for Thanksgiving and it got a bit awkward, but I got to say my brother-in-law is getting kind of woke. He's like, he's, he held his own when it came to, um, you know, dealing with my dad who, you know, he's kind of old school, oblivious, sexist, racist. And so yeah. I, hi dad, if you're listening, <laughs> you you don't tell me you listen to podcasts, but I guess I'll find out if you do. And uh, so I was like, I was really thankful for my brother-in-law, who I think does listen to my podcast, um, who like, it wasn't just me going, oh, dad, it was, you know, me and Mike and we were a team and it was super nice. So that's great. Yeah, that was Thanksgiving. And then for American Thanksgiving, I have a friend in town who just got a bunch of sort of people she knew from various areas. Like it was a real mixer. She mm-hmm. intentionally brought together people who didn't know each other, which is really gutsy. <laughs> and uh, I met some very, very cool people there too. Some women in tech, which was refreshing. Like we just sat around and nerded out and talked about what kind of computer we first learned to code on and stuff like that. And Awesome. Yeah. Tried to guess each other's ages like by what computer we first learned to code on. And <laughs> Yeah, it was kind of neat. <laughs> what was so, the first computer you learned to code on? A VIC-20. Oh, yeah. Commodore VIC-20, yeah. Right. Yeah, that's definitely a, a, a period of time. For me, it was an Apple <laughs> Apple IIe. 
Okay. Yeah. That was the second one that I coded on it. Like that was the one in school that I learned, but my family had a VIC 20 and yeah. We had an Atari 2600, but we didn't just played that tank game. (laughs) Yeah. So it sounds like you had sort of what in America, at least we call a Friendsgiving. Um, Yes. Which, which frankly I used to go to. And now I'm kind of like, no, I don't want to like, I, I think this year for me, both holidays and otherwise, I realized just how much I like spending time either alone or one-on-one. I've always known that, but at this point, I'm like, outside of events related to um, like the arts or literature or um, sort of charitable things, like with my, with Basic Rights Oregon, where I'm on the board, like I just don't go to events that have a group of people. Um, I just don't find it very exciting. Like, the couple people that I want to see at those things, I'd rather spend quality time with at dinner or getting a drink or going on a walk Um, and being in a place where it's really loud or where uh, it's mostly strangers just seems kind of like a nightmare. And then the times where I've had like, you know, 10 or 20 of my friends in a room, it just feels overwhelming because I'm like, well, I can't give quality time of day to any of them. To anybody. And why would you do that on like, a holiday holidays are supposed to be fun i mean why would you do that any day right and restful and for some people i'm sure that's the part that's mm. really great but right i don't know i i grew up watching my mima and my aunt and my family like you know run around and make sure that everyone had everything they needed and all the food was prepared and i'm just like why go through that trouble and i'm sure it's exciting for some folks it just isn't for me and i i guess 2016, among other things, has been a, a a realization of just that that feeling, and and it's been really freeing. So I think for for Christmas as well, um, uh, probably I'm going to do maybe with the same person with Susie and my roommate um, Laurel. We're just going to have like a, a jokey gift exchange for the cats, and maybe like mm-hmm. give each other a thing and drink Nogavit, which is eggnog. Usually mm-hmm. almond milk, eggnog, or soy eggnog mixed with Akavit, which is really good. <laughs> and um, listen to really corny uh, Norwegian and Swedish holiday music, which is nice. Uh, I'm going to say a tradition. It's only happened once, but um, we started that last year. It was really great. I think we're going to do it again this year. Uh, but the key being like a couple people, no real plans. Like meal is very chill and everyone just kind of stays as long as they want to and then leaves. <laughs> Yeah, I'm compelled to do the family thing. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, it's, it's harder if you're a parent. It's what we do. It would be super weird. <laughs> yeah, well, there's yeah, and so the kids love getting together with their cousins, and um, and you know, I'd still like to getting like getting together with my parents and my sister. So sure. it's not horrible for us. Usually, like we're pretty pretty good to each other. Um. But I do try to, like, manage the drama around whose house is it at? Who all is invited? (laughs) Like, is this our family and, you know, in-laws and maybe sisters and brothers of in-laws-in-law? Like, how big does it get? How much, you know, do you have to care about people's cat allergies or food allergies? Or, you know, like, there's... I, you have to sort of manage all that stuff. And so keeping it small is pretty important to yeah. me. 
And then, um, we, or letting somebody else do it and then right. just being like, how can I help? But I'm not owning it. Right. Just show up at the casserole and say like, I'm here. And then right. in an hour, I won't be here. This has been fun. And um, right. And you have as good a time <laughs> as you can right. by like not trying to be in control of it all and orchestrating something huge. And, we, but also if you want to make de- decorations, you know, make decorations and totally. yeah, like just kind of do the things you want to do and not the things you don't want to do. That's important whether you're getting together with family or friends or nobody. And I think sometimes like cultural pageantry or ritual can be really exciting. And I, yeah, me too. I'm still figuring out, like I had a knee jerk. I hate it all reaction when I was growing up because it was so um, tied in with like Christianity and the anti-homosexuality and stuff like that for me. And uh, you know, now in my thirties, I'm like, Oh, some of this stuff's really fun. Yeah. Some of it's really not fun. And some of it I can like reclaim in different ways. Um, there's right. sort of a magic in like saying, yeah, I actually like this thing and I'm going to do it my way, but it's going to be a good laugh. Yeah. Um, something that we used to do. So growing up, my, my like bio family was, was pretty big. Um, my dad was one of four kids and they all had their own kids. At least after I was seven, there were a bunch of cousins. Right. And so we had these pretty big Christmases that were largely around the kids getting gifts. But we usually did Christmas Eve as like a, a, a larger family unit. So Christmas Eve, everyone would trade gifts. Like Mima and Papa would give the grandkids the gifts. And then um, we started pretty early. We figured out that like a secret Santa was a better plan than like everyone yes. trying to do a free for all because it was different. Yes. Like, some of us are poorer than others and there was like a $20 gift limit and everyone would always break the rules to give each mm-hmm. other like really bizarre, like joke gifts. And me, mom and Papa were always like hyper generous and would give us like, you know, a couple hundred dollars or something or like sweaters. Anyway, it was really great. Uh, and then the next morning we'd all kind of do our own thing in the morning with our like nuclear families. And then we'd show up at me, mom and Papa's house again, undo our, like we had stockings on their mantle We'd like pour out the stockings. So like they're always like, you know, oranges and walnuts and um, nice. usually like a little Chotsky like toy and then um, maybe like another hundred dollars or something or like actually I, that was always when they gave us the check for for college, which like at the time I was like, why would I want to bond? But um, I guess it was pretty exciting. <laughs> Although mine, <laughs> mine, mine got spent with my dad and I never saw any of it. But um, <laughs> theoretically, it was really cool. But that was a thing that was like such a, a ritual. And then we would spend the rest of the day at Mima's house and people would watch football because I think football was always on and maybe a movie and we'd play basketball or like I'd ride motorcycles or something. Um, and and there was this like sense of we're not visiting a place, but like this is our actual home. This is where we live to some degree. This is where our heart is. Right. And so everyone felt very at home and comfortable being there. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, especially me, I, I grew up a lot at my grandmother's house. And so it really was like coming back home. Um, and that loss of specifically that house when when she moved away, I think that changed a lot of the holidays for me in the first place. So it went from mm-hmm. like all of that stuff to now I don't know what I'm doing. I live in Austin. Even if I go to Dallas, it's not the same. And at this point, like I don't even go to Dallas at all. Um, yeah. But yeah, did you have that kind of shift too of like, what did you grow up with? And then where has that gone? 
So when I was like a teenager, I lived in the same city as both my grandmothers, both my grandfathers had passed. Hmm. Um, and so we would often have family holidays with one grandmother or the other, and then the, whatever extended family could make it. My mom had three brothers and sisters and my dad had five brothers and sisters. So there was like, there could be pretty big family at some of these things too. So yeah, it was always a time for like cousins who I adored and yeah. But again, it was like, there was never like, there was never political or religious awkwardness with Uh my families. Everybody was pretty, they were all pretty good times. And I don't remember going through a phase where I was like, Oh, I hate everything about these things. (laughs) Like they, it was pretty, uh, pretty happy times. Yeah. That's good. And then, yeah. And then we grew up and moved away and I lived pretty far from home for a while. So I sort of reattached to my husband's family and, um, you know, hung out with them on holidays and yeah. So yeah, it changed over the years. Were they pretty different than, uh, um, well, it was always more awkward cause it was not my family. And for the first few years, especially I felt like I was on display as Mark's girlfriend and uh-huh, uh-huh. like, that's awkward. <laughs> um, but I guess like, eventually you get through that and it falls to some poor other new spouse to be the new person that everybody is like, <laughs> Oh, so tell me again about your job. Oh man. Yeah. Yeah. When I was married, it was an interesting experience because my, my ex-wife was, um, Chinese American. And so, um, I'm like a, a Caucasian, like white person, um, like my family had like traditions that were rooted in like Scandinavian tradition, a little bit of English tradition. And, and so we had some things that like I grew up with that I kind of was like, Oh, this is what holidays are or whatever. And some of them were the same when I would spend time with my ex's family and some of them were radically different. Um, but it, it was very much a, I was the only white person in the family for a little while. And then oh, one, yeah. of, one of their cousins married um, another white person. And so then there were two of us, but it was a very, like, uh, I stood out very strongly in addition to like being the new person of the family. I was like a very different person in the family. And there was a little bit more of a segmentation between the kids and the adults than there was uh, that I grew up with. So all yeah. the adults spoke Mandarin to each other exclusively almost. And then all of the kids or the younger folks spoke mostly English, but some Chinese and, and there was like an age gap with people, but also like a very different cultural difference. So a couple of us were more like leftist um, and queer and a few, a lot more people were, were more like conservative and um, had moved from like Taiwan, for instance. So their like cultural reference as well as their beliefs around what you're supposed to do were really different. So it made for some stilted conversation. I think we tried to play some games. It, it was just one of those hard things. And I was a smoker at the time. So I'd always like escape out to go get more cigarettes. And like, <laughs> I would like, if there was ever an errand, like somebody get more wine, I was always volunteering so I could get away for a little while. <laughs> but um, yeah, it it's a wacky thing. I think also that aspect of it, like to be the new person of a family. And, and yeah, do we have any tips, I guess, for like people who are like, how do you establish new traditions or how do you integrate into a family that isn't 
um, isn't the one that you grew up with or hell, even like for me, sometimes I'll go to other people's family's holidays. Like what do we like, maybe like top five things that you should think about or do maybe. I guess for me, the biggest thing was being mentally prepared that nobody's family is exactly like yours. And so there will be things that whatever situation you're going into, they're doing something that you have never heard of before and you will (laughs) feel like a loser about. But I think like be honest in that situation. I know when I was young, I would like try to act all cool and like, (laughs) and, and so your only options there are, you know, join in, but be a total boor while you're doing it or (laughs) withdraw. Right. And, and so I think like taking an an approach where you're like, okay, there are going to be things that I've never done before happening. Like when that happens and I'm confused, I will be honest about the fact that I'm confused and not judgy, just like, oh my gosh, what are you guys doing? This is interesting. Like, what are you doing? This is neat. Um, rather than like, Oh, well we didn't do it like that. Or I don't know what that is. Or like, yeah, just don't, just don't pretend like just be open to new experiences and vaguely interested. Like, yeah. Where there's like a green holiday pickle. What? A green yeah. holiday pickle? I've a never green heard this. green holiday pickle. And the holiday pickle um, is like, it, it's apocryphally um, associated with Germany, but it's a, it's basically like a, everybody goes and they like look for this pickle in the tree and then whoever finds it like gets good luck for the rest of the year. But it's an example yeah. of like one of those traditions where if you didn't know about it, you're like, what the hell is this? <laughs> but if you, um, and you can like try to play along, but you'll like be clueless. Um, but yeah, like the food might be different and like, yeah, open minds are always good. I think for me too, I'd say that a good tip is whatever you decide to do during whatever holidays you celebrate, like rest assured that it makes you happy. Like mm. find, find something that you enjoy, even if it's very far outside the norm or outside of what the expectations are for you um, or obligations and like try to enjoy it. And maybe there are things, maybe you can't do what I do. Like you have to go and see your family or your bio family or whatever, right. Or holidays, parties at work. Um, But like pick one thing that you want to do on your own and do that. Like just. Mm. Oh, I lost you again. Is it just me? No, I'm here. Or your audio? Oh, okay. Yeah. Sorry, my, my roommate came in, so I had to, like, pause for a second. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, so, like, pick one thing that you enjoy. Do that thing. Try to find a way that, like, even if that's not the whole thing that you do for the holiday, like... Right. Yeah. What's, your, what's your one thing, do you think, if you have... My one thing? Yeah, what is, like, a thing you always love to do or always want to do during the holiday? Um, I would say like sleep in one yeah. day. Heck yeah. 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 I think on like multi, like especially four day weekends and longer, mm-hmm. like there has to be a sleep in somewhere there. Yeah. yeah. 
Which is tricky for kids, right? <laughs> it is, although they're older now, but it's tricky when they were like wee little. And I guess, I guess the other part of it would be knowing when you're giving up your usual and your comfort zone mm-hmm. for one for one time, right? Like, especially if you're like dating somebody new or just moved to a new city or if you have an infant, like know that this holiday isn't going to be like the rest of them and that's okay. It's probably not your last holiday and things (laughs) will get back to normal and you will find a, you know, a routine that you're comfortable with. Um, this is maybe not that year. Yeah, totally. Um, I think for people who are like worried about like, Oh God, what if my, you know, uncle talks about oh. Trump or what if my like aunt tells me all the racist feelings that she has when she's had a couple glasses of wine or what if I've just come out to my family and this is my first holiday as an openly queer person, like same kind of deal. Just like know who you are, know how you feel about it. Listen, like nod um, when somebody says something awful like if you feel safe enough to do it, say something. Um, if you're back with your folks or your family or whoever, and they are like talking to you and engaging with you, like recognize that you're also an adult and you get to stand up for the things that you believe in. Um, and like, I would encourage people if they can go and be part of that with, they're not like, you know, banned from the house or something mm-hmm. to like actually mm-hmm. have those conversations to actually challenge the like, racist and classist and like uh, homophobic assumptions or ideas that their family has um, that's something that helps a whole lot like for those of us that either don't have a bio family or um, are like not allowed to go to their house or or whatever like for folks like us like we really appreciate that that helps us out a lot Mm. Um, and when we do have these elections we do have these like huge you know sort of schisms where a majority of white people are voting for a horribly intolerant, horribly like racist, white supremacist man, um, those conversations can help avoid it because then your family who's voting will have to recognize, oh my God, I'm voting against my friend or I'm voting Mm -hmm. against my son or I'm voting against my daughter or my daughter's partner or or whoever, right? Um, Even just saying like, hey, like that hurts my friends who are gay, like makes a big sense. Yeah. Yeah, I think a lot of people, if they don't ha- have someone in their life who's affected by it, it helps them to know that maybe someone in their life does have someone in their life affected by it. Totally. And it can feel scary. And I think, like, you know, if you don't yeah. feel like you have any backup, if you're the only person in your family that's, like, leftist or queer or whatever, like, be careful. You know, you don't want to get into a screaming match with them. But even just saying, like, hey, I don't agree. And I think that hurt is hurtful or that makes me feel sad, like that's real. Um, right. But if you can take a partner or if you have a friend with you and they can kind of be your emotional support, like that can be helpful. Maybe you can trade off and like one of you can go with the other to their <laughs> holiday for a little while. Um, but yeah, I, 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 would, I, would, I would stress that it's important to go do that stuff if you can and like well, avo- avoiding the awkwardness is, it's, yeah, go ahead. And, and I think, um, there are no laws about staying in the room when somebody's being horrible either. Yeah. Like if you're in, find yourself in a conversation that's super horrible or even just moderately horrible, like 
you have to go to the washroom suddenly, or you need <laughs> to step outside for a smoke suddenly. Like, yeah. like you don't have to stay there and right. be the defender of, of all things that you stand for. Um, like you don't, you don't have to. Yeah. And like I that's think- not on you. The other thing that I would say on the same topic is if there's a family member or a person that goes to your holidays that makes you really uncomfortable for whatever reason, right? If they're just a really horrible person or, or you have a history where they've done something, like talk to your folks about it. Talk to the person who's planning the party. Say, hey, I would love to be there, but this person makes me uncomfortable and share whatever you feel is necessary or important to share in that regard. Um, yep. You know, but but like let let people know because most people are not empathetic enough to read that. They won't know that like Uncle Billy has always scared you ever since he like, you know, pretended to be dead like 10 years ago at the holiday. But like, <laughs> it's an important thing to, to tell people. Um, just kind of take some ownership over what should be and could be a relaxing time. Um, I don't know. And if yeah. you don't have folks or if you don't have bio family or if you don't have obligations, um, and hanging out with one or two friends doesn't sound good. Like go on a vacation, go to a different place. Like tickets right now are really cheap to go to Asia or Iceland, like go explore somewhere and see what they That's do. That's a great idea. And if you have the money and you have the ability, which is definitely like not all of us, but, um, even just like driving to another city that you're not familiar with and like exploring what happens there can be a, a fun thing. Totally. Yeah. But yeah, I, even if you stay at home and just read a book, I think it's a worthwhile thing to do. And like, I yeah. fully support that. So um, yeah, well, we'll probably record again before the holidays, maybe? No, before wait, Christmas? I think so. Maybe. Yeah, we yeah. will. We will. We totally yeah, we will. got one more. We're mm-hmm. trying to do every two weeks as well. Um, so I don't know when these will actually get released, but hopefully we'll try to release them pretty quickly. Um, but we're so glad that those of you who are still listening stayed listening yeah um, sorry again for the long wait and the long pause but uh please know that it was in order for us both to make our lives a lot better and we're sort of happier and healthier for it so um yes. thank you for your support uh i hope that any holidays intervening between now and when you hear our next podcast are great ones i hope our advice helps and um yeah episode of I Guess We're Grownups Now is brought to you by FeedPress. FeedPress is analytics and podcast hosting made for bloggers and podcasters. FeedPress is a simple, intuitive, and powerful RSS analytics and podcast hosting platform. With 400 meg of flexible file storage that rolls over monthly, you can easily upload four episodes per month. Upgrading storage is easy and affordable, starting at a flat rate of just $20 per gig. Go to feed.press slash grownups today and sign up to try FeedPress feed press for $14. No contracts or commitments. Use promo code grownups during checkout to get 10% off your first year. Thank you, FeedPress. I also want to give a brief plug to a friend's product, which is Podcast Adjacent. Um, it's a new thing called Bumpers. Um, it's at bumpers.fm. Um, it's a really fun thing. Go check it out. 
Um, it's kind of like Twitter for podcasts. It just makes like you can make short ones. They end up in the stream. People can follow you, and you can like easily add like custom sounds and uh, little like stingers to it too. And I'm on Twitter at b r o k s h e l e y Brooke Shelley. And I'm on Twitter at K-A-Y-A-Y-A-R-A-I. <laughs> well, thanks again and have a great afternoon. Yeah, you too, bro.